On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will be breaking down their top five Star Wars games of all time. And you never know what else they may say. You know that, Matt. He could take you down a tangent. But Nick will always bring us back. Let's queue up the Star Wars Time Show. everyone welcome back to a brand new episode of star wars time show thanks matt for that introduction we appreciate it all right nick so yeah you heard the guy we're going to talk about our personal top five star wars video games of all time which is a timely subject considering that for the first time since what 2009 ish uh we're going to be getting a proper star wars first person well third person first person who knows how many persons but it's not going to be a fucking battlefront that's what i'm trying to get out of my mouth so nick and i we, we kind of sat around the campfire here and we're like let, let's kind of reminisce on some of these games that we really appreciated before disney bought the license gave the video game license to ea and then it basically just stuck that license up its ass and has only vomited <laughs> out loot box games since so nick let's go ahead and get right into it top five Number five, what is your fifth favorite Star Wars game of all time, my friend? My number five is one that we speak about pretty often here on the Star Wars Time Show, and it's Swago. It's Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, the mobile game. I mean, the, the amount of time that we've put into talking about this game on the podcast should go to show you guys who are loyal listeners or even relatively new listeners how fun and how rewarding this game is to play. So let me just run down some things that I like about it. One, it's easily accessible. It's right on my phone. I can play it anywhere. I'm at work. I got five minutes. I can play it. Um, on the toilet, I can play it. Damn it's skipping. free. And it's, you don't have to pay for it, okay? Like, have I cracked and paid some, uh, some real dollars for this game? Yes, I have. But you don't have to. Matt has been a free-to-play player for a long time until he finally bit the bullet at Star yeah, these Wars Celebration. <laughs> and by these assholes, I mean my co-host here, Nick, and Ryan, the intern. Actually, at Star Wars Celebration, they, they got me all lubed up on IPAs and talked <laughs> me into spending 60 fucking dollars on a ship pack so I could unlock the Millennium Falcon, Han's Millennium Falcon, which in the end's been worth it because I'm, I'm essentially placing in the top 10 in my ship shard, but... You know, 60 bucks is 60 bucks. But anyways, I've had three years of gameplay from Swago. I guess I could throw him a dime. Yeah, it's well worth the dime, too. Three, there's just unlimited amounts of content in this game. Like, I've been playing it for pretty steadily now for about a year to a year and a half. And there are so many things that I don't have unlocked in this game. You know, like uh, Jedi Training Ray, Darth Revan, Jedi Knight Revan. Uh, I don't have my Thrawn seven star yet. I'm only at six. Then you have all of the new characters coming out that you also have to build up squads to unlock Chewbacca, C3PO. I mean, it's, it's, it's a never ending stream of content from the guys at Capital Games. And it, it just feels so rewarding to be able to like turn on your phone. You got five minutes and you play a Star Wars game that you truly yes. fucking enjoy. Exactly. So that's what I really like about it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Nick. I mean, it's it's. Let's just say I'm going to tease people here. It's on my list. It's not number five. It's actually a lot closer to the beginning. So I'll kind of give my thoughts, in-depth thoughts on Sugo when we get there. But 
He's not kidding around. If you're a Star Wars fan and you're always looking for something to kill the time while you're on the go or just sitting around, you've got to try Swago. I think I just wrote a commercial for them. It even rhymed. It's like a little, <laughs> uh, it's kind of lyrical, but it, it's, I mean, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. I went three years without spending a dollar and I probably play it combined close to two hours a day. I'd say that's well worth the download. Again, F2P, if you don't like it, delete it. Perfect. All right, so my number five, Nick, and this is one that a lot of people are going to laugh at, and they may even tune out and say, if this guy's putting this on a top Star Wars games of all time list, he's clearly a fucking idiot. But I'm going to stick to my guns. I put a lot of time in this game. It brought my friends, my roommates when we were in college, a lot of joy. And that is Star Wars Masters of the Terrascasi, which was a fighting game, <laughs> like literally kind of Virtua Fighters, but with Star Wars characters that came out for the original PlayStation back in the 90s. Uh, as I said, it's been universally panned by critics and most Star Wars fans and gamers. Everyone thinks it was terrible. But for some reason... My friends and I in college would play this every single night. It's one of those deals I guarantee any of you that have gone to college, lived in a dorm, lived in an apartment with buddies. You probably had a game that all you played at night to kind of wind down, drink to, do your drugs to, whatever. For us, for a while, at least in 99, it was Star Wars Masters of the Terrascasi. And Nick, it just... I mean, you, you could play as Vader, Han Solo, Boba Fett, Luke, Mara Jade was in it, a Tuscan Raider. And, and that, like I said, it was very, it was a fighting game, you know, Street Fighter-ish, Virtua Fighter-ish. Uh, they had special moves, counters, combos, uh, but it just, it never caught on, Nick. People just didn't want a, a Star Wars fighting game. But you know who did want one? It's the creators of the Soul Calibur video game, because every fucking Soul Calibur that comes out you have Star Wars exactly. characters that eventually get it exactly. get in there. Bandai Namco is the, the the developers of the game, and they put like Darth Vader's been in it. Uh, Yoda's Yoda. Been I in remember it. what was that Soul Calibur before I believe uh, for the 360 era, PS3 era, I believe yep. had Yoda and Vader. Yep, they they were both in it. I think they even threw some Star Wars characters. I think they threw Vader back into the newest Soul Calibur, but like. Yes, this idea of a Street Fighter, Virtual Fighter-esque Star Wars game wasn't popular back then, but there are people who really enjoyed it. And I really do think that now if you gave, you know, Ed Boon and the people over Oh my Nether God, Realms, I was just thinking that. that. I mean, that just gave me a hard on. Could you imagine <laughs> a, a Mortal Kombat style Star Wars fighting game? I mean, they've Dude. done it for DC <sighs> where they actually tell a great story. I don't, if, if any of you, if you not played, what was that, Injustice? Injustice, At least yeah. the first one. It's one of the best video game stories ever. It and was it's really an, it, fun, yeah. Right, and it's in a fucking fighting game. So, I mean, NetherRealm Nether kind of changed that genre by giving it real stories. I've heard MK11's story is, is the best ever. Uh, so, yeah, Nick, you, you really uh, kind of nailed where what I was thinking or hoping for. It's never going to happen. I just I think fighting games have kind of lost their favor with a lot of people. Uh, in my generation, fighting games dominated the arcades. Yes, you actually had to go to places to play against other live humans. I'll never forget slapping my quarters up on a MK1, MK2 cabinet or Street Fighter 2. I got next, winner stays, <laughs> loser pays type of stuff. 
Uh, but for for the '90s, I just I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, Terrascasi, and it, the the art form, the fighting art form, at least got brought up and put into Solo. If you remember, Nick, that's mm-hmm. how Kira was trained in her hand to hand combat. Is in exactly that, yeah. is in that style. So my number five. Masters of the TK, probably not on anyone's list unless it's the worst video games of all time list. Yeah, just make sure if you haven't heard of it to go watch some YouTube videos out there. <laughs> They're up there. You can find it. It's, it's, it's going to look a little dated, but just, hey. Check it out. But so like here's 20 years where, ago, it was pretty fantastic. So, so you guys might start to see a theme kind of evolve here within our top five. So as you know, there's a bit of an age gap between me and Matt. I think it's seven, eight years. So... I wasn't really able to make my video game decisions and and buy my own games in the era of like the Super Nintendo and the early PlayStation era and stuff like that. Um, So a lot of my games that are in my top five tend to lean towards the the PlayStation 2 era, late PlayStation era, um, just because that's when I came to my maturity as a gamer. Whereas Matt, being older than me, he was able to kind of, like you said, play Masters of the Terrace Kasi when he was in college. And a lot of these games that I wasn't really able to jump into as a kid because my parents were in control of the video game system. So you may see a little bit of a, a, a yeah, we, Basically know, what he's trying to say is uh, I'm essentially a geriatric old yeah. asshole and he's this young, virile young man. That's exactly what I'm getting right. to. He was still, Matt was using controllers that had two, only A and B buttons on them. Exactly. They didn't even have. <laughs> People, they had, they had fucking cords that you had to plug into the console yeah. for Christ's plug sake. Plug them in. You didn't even have analog sticks. Yeah, like, our what TVs is back then, we used to have to put them on channel three or four just to get the damn game to show up. <laughs> old, old days. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah. Just, I remember that. I remember old that. Old pile too. of shit. <laughs> when you bring this up, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, why is this guy not a prequel homeboy? <laughs> like you, you literally should be a prequel homer and that's how I, young you are i'm right on that edge 88 i was born so <laughs> i but i did i had an original nintendo i played it with my dad like me and my dad would play super mario brothers me and my dad would play Kirby, so now nick's Kirby saying Avengers. i'm basically as old as his dad he is matt is my my dad is in his 60s matt's <laughs> clipping right there i'm right right behind him buddy <laughs> Yeah. All right, man. So, so what's your number four then, Mr. My New School number Gamer? Four, my number four is the original Battlefront 2. Yes. So very good. Very good. With, with Battlefront 2, what I really loved about it was it was, for me, playing it on PlayStation, it had everything that I really ever wanted in a Star Wars game. It had space combat that was actually like pretty intuitive and pretty fun to play. It had the ground combat where you're playing as the commandos or you're playing as the CIS you have the ability to play as the Jedi. Uh, you, and then also what was really cool in that game and what I spam played as much as I could was there was the heroes versus villains mode where it's just basically every good guy, every bad guy thrown onto a Tatooine battleground and then you just massacre everybody. And when I would play that, I would basically play, if I was playing Dark Side, I would play Darth Maul. And if I was playing light side, I would play Ayala Sakura because Ayala Sakura had the dual lightsabers. She was the only one who had them. And this is how it always played out. So I'd play Ayala Sakura on light side. I, and you're playing to 150 kills. I get like 100 kills on her, but my team still loses. And then I go and I play dark side. I play Darth Maul. I get like 85 kills and my team wins. Like It was just 
so frustrating, but that's what I really loved about it is it gave you the opportunity to play everything in the Star Wars galaxy that that game encompassed. So obviously it was prequel era. Um, you got air combat, you got ground combat, you got force user combat, you got force users versus force users. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, dude, I actually, before we whittled these down to just our personal five, I mean, I had the battle fronts up there, one and two, because... Uh, they were fantastic. I, I don't even think did they have online multiplayer at that point. I think for two, two they might introduced have. it. Yeah, because but it, that it was, was still very played. wonky back then. Because I think two yep. came out what oh five something like that. Yeah, maybe around even earlier oh four. It was still PlayStation two generation. Yeah, it was so we it was it was the yet. original Xbox, like the Xbox yep. not one Xbox zero, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, uh, but dude, I, I can remember again the age difference, but I, I believe. The second one, I was on my way working my career, living by myself down in Texas. And I used to just fire that up and play it by myself for hours, as you said, yep. taking on the AI. Uh, I, I loved the original. I, the second one clearly amped things up when they added the, you could literally jump in a fucking ship and fly up to space. Yeah. And then go take on a ship. Uh, it, it's really, as you talk about this stuff, Nick, I sit here and I scratch my head going, how did EA fuck this up i mean they had the blueprint for awesome battlefront all they had to do was essentially remaster battlefront 2 don't change a thing just re-up the visuals and make it modern no they 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 broke it down they ripped out pretty much everything that we loved about it and it became a lottery game essentially if you like playing the lottery you like playing battlefront um, and it's a shame because, as Nick said, as he was talking there, all the stuff you used to be able to do, you really could live out your Star Wars fantasies in these original Battlefronts. But alas, EA Dice dropped the ball, didn't really give a shit about what gamers wanted, and we got Battlefront 1 and 2, which to me, uh, Battlefront 1 is completely forgettable. Yeah. 100%. Battlefront 2, 2, the, the second coming of Battlefront 2, is okay only because it has that that excellent campaign that really is excellent because it adds narrative to Star Wars lore. Uh, in terms of the gameplay, it's just essentially playing the multiplayer in little smaller segments on different maps. Uh, but those originals, dude, you nailed it, definitely. I, I wish I would have kept them on my list, but sometimes you gotta you got to bring in the old school stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even older so- than that, so... Go go with your number four. You yeah, my number four. To the old school. Right. This, again, will be for people that are probably born in the early 80s, 70s. Uh, but there was a trilogy of games that came out for the Super NES, the SNES, if you will. And they were the Super Star Wars games. So you literally had Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, Super Return of the Jedi. I'm just limp- lumping them all together as a Super Star Wars trilogy. It's one of my most memorable action platforms of the time. Again, probably not good games in terms of just straight-up gameplay. They're actually quite difficult, as most games were back in the 8- and 16-bit eras. There's just something about the chiptune Star Wars music, the, the side-scrolling action, Luke busting out his lightsaber, the boss battles. The, they actually had uh, racing or flying segments mixed in. I mean, they're quite revolutionary for their time. Uh, and I do highly recommend anyone that's got an emulator and you haven't tried any of these, check out the Super Star Wars trilogy from the SNES era. And if you really want to get nuts and frustrate yourself, but still kind of love the experience because it's Star Wars, play the Star Wars games for the Nintendo. 
Oh, the original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the original NES. Oh, yeah. There's some special ones there, my friends. I mean, the, the, even back then, they had the Battle on Hoth. You fly out and you got to fight some Mad-Ats. But we're here. We're talking about the SNES one, Super Star Wars trilogy. Every game, it's all pretty the same. They just tell the story of the movie. So A New Hope, Empire, Jedi, fantastic stuff. I, I need to get into those because I really do love that side-scrolling action that oh, was yeah, really... Dude prominent in, in SNES days. I mean, you had a ton of games that were built like that. So to, to play through Star Wars like that is an experience that I really want yeah, to Yeah, I mean, it, it's a full-on platformer. I mean, it's basically Super Mario Star Wars, and you control Luke mostly, and he either has a blaster or a lightsaber. So. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fucking perfect. It, it just, it's a very <laughs> arcade type of experience, old school. I don't know. I mean, like I said, don't, don't tell us... Don't tell on us. We're not telling you to go do this. Of course, you have to own a copy of the game. But get yourself an emulator, find the ROM, load them up. I don't think you'll be disappointed if you've never played them before. Yeah, and look, if you have, again, I've heard that this could be done, but if you have uh, SNES Classic, there is apparently ways out there to be able to, to load games that aren't on there by stock through some method. Right. And I so, will, I will admit, I haven't done that. But in terms of these kind of retro collectible mini consoles, that SNES one is heads and tails above the best thing out there. I think this Sega one that's coming out in September is going to be pretty slick. But that SNES one, I mean, if it had the the Super Star Wars trilogy on it, that thing would be gold to me. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's 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 really it's super cool that that Nintendo the 16-bit era the more I think about it, is probably my favorite era of gaming uh, I was a huge fan of 32-bit obviously Final Fantasy 7 when I came in that just smacked me in the face it was never never before done seen experienced but in terms of just pure joy and to me just gaming to game not really immersing yourself in story it's eight and eight and 16-bit eras 16-bit definitely holds a cl- like I can remember playing NES and I loved it. I, I played a ton. Of, I played Jackal with my cousins all the time. Oh yeah, I mean we games played, that are damn near impossible, but for some yeah. reason we still love playing them over and over and over. And we can never our heads beat them. Into them. But then, like, I remember the first time I played Super Mario World oh, on d- Super yeah, Nintendo, dude. and it I was, was like, "What the hell?" I was. It was I, yeah, I felt was, like w- the the future just came to me when the SNES showed up. I was like, "You got to be kidding me." Yeah, it the, was, the, you've been telling me that NES is where it's at. Are you fucking kidding me, you liars? <laughs> Look at this shit. All right, anyways, Nick, let's get on to your number three choice. Number three for me is the game that really introduced to me and really showed everybody out there who played Star Wars video games and who was a fan of Star Wars what the Force really was and how powerful it could be. And it was Star Wars Force Unleashed, the first one. Um, that came out for PlayStation 2 or 3. 3, right? Which Pretty one? Sure it's, uh, I think it's PlayStation 3. Yeah, they, they both were on the last gen. Yeah, because there was it was an HD, I remember now, because there wasn't no 480 square picture here. This was full HD Star Wars, and you got to experience the Force in a way that you never thought possible before. That first time when you boot up the game and you are immediately in Vader's shoes oh, as yeah. he tears his way through Kashyyyk. Like that was something I never thought I would be able to experience as a star Wars fan or as a video game fan. But like you literally just blast open a giant wooden gate with the force. Like 
And then well, you could you individually start... target the force, like you could choke yeah. out a stormtrooper, grab Dude, two of them. That was the coolest thing: is using the havoc engine, the physics engine that they did within that game, allowed them to do that. Like you could interact with two things, you know, independently. But then, like, say, like what Matt was saying, you 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 force lift up two stormtroopers. If you bring them close enough to each other, they start like trying to grab each other and stuff. The, the stuff that you could do with the Force was incredible. And then also just the characters in it. Uh, Sam Witwer playing Starkiller. Galen Merrick was fantastic. Showing the, the formation of the Rebel Alliance in that, mo- in that game. And then just like the, the Rom Coda coming in as, as your Jedi Master who was sequestered on this garbage planet. And then the, the, the scene where you literally like pull a Star Destroyer out of the fucking atmosphere is insane to me everything about that game embodied exactly what i thought in my mind the force was you know using the lightsaber the flow of the combat was perfect the force abilities that you had were felt so powerful it was just so much fun to play i i I think i've beat it three four times i played it so much that i was just like trying to find all the hidden little artifacts like i know that there's like a black lightsaber crystal that's super hard to get so i want to find that and i wanted to find all of the little individual pieces oh, yeah, so it's, it was great you, you kind of hit all the high points on force unleashed which i mean honestly it is it's definitely top five i was just trying to fold in some older games onto my list to give us a little variety so we weren't just like yep yep same one yep same <laughs> one yep i agree agree okay we're done uh, but but I'm with Nick. It was not only the gameplay. Like, the gameplay was fantastic. This is a game that I also played three or four times. Uh, it was a super challenge to beat it on the hardest level. This is when I was during my kind of achievement whore days where I lived to get a 1,000 on games. Uh, it drove how I played games. It, it was insane. It, it, this happened for, like, two years where I'd literally just buy games to get achievements. Uh, but anyways, Force Unleashed had fantastic gameplay. Uh Great visuals and in, in the game engine for the time were kind of unheard of. Uh, but also, as Nick said, it, it told a fantastic story, which unfortunately is, is trash now because of the, the canon uh, reboot. Uh, but it was great for its time. I mean, uh, Starkiller had a great arc. Uh, you didn't really... I, the first time I watched a play, I was like, whoa. I mean, there's a lot of, like, holy shit moments going on. Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And like Nick said, you see the Rebel Alliance, Leia shows up. It was just a fantastic game. It had the gameplay. It had the story. And to me, that's all you really need for a great game. And then when you throw the Star Wars license at it, it's essentially, as I said, a greatest game of all time for someone like myself. So good choice there, Nick. Uh, my number three, again, sticking with the old school, so the, you old people, those of you in your late 30s, early 40s, 50s, you, you probably remember this one if you gamed as a little kid, but the X-Wing or the TIE Fighter Flight Simulator series. Uh, I can't tell you how many hours I used to sit in my parents' basement with a little shitty uh, joystick, like a flight stick, playing these games on CDs. I think X-Wing I might even had on floppies. But, I mean, Nick, I don't know if you've ever played these or seen them. Uh, but they're essentially flight simulators set in Star Wars. So you you would be in a, an X-Wing or a TIE fighter. You'd be given a mission. You know, you're the escort. you got to protect this ship or this frigate or you got to take out this ship or this frigate. And it was just – it was very well done. It really immersed you into 
the role of a pilot of an X-Wing or a TIE. Uh, the missions were fun. And like I said, just kind of made you feel like you were a part of the universe. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen videos of this. And I think, I'm, I'm trying to think back. I, I think they may have included this game or, you know, on the Wii Virtual Console. It was either this or it was Rogue Squadron. Um, and I played whichever one it was on the Wii Virtual Console because I didn't. It, it would have been it Rogue Squadron. I mean, this is this has been PC only. Yeah. Forever. Okay. So, but I had. I mean, like I have seen videos of it, and I could tell just by just by watching the videos that it's it was a super special experience at the time because, I mean, really, like you were saying, Matt, you didn't have games that really gave you the the ability to live within the experience no like you know back then dude no no yeah like when you played super you know super star wars trilogy on snes like you're just you're literally like pixels jumping across the screen and like chiptunes like you know like a flight simulator like this you are you're assuming the role like you can yeah, say like, it did I everything i mean wedge it, antilles like you would I'm, hear people over the radio like go this way someone's on my six you gotta up your shields you know uh, shift your energy to your speed it's like i felt like a fucking pilot and yeah. when i was little watching star wars i mean outside of yeah the lightsabers and the jedi my favorite aspect which drew me into it which at one point in time made me want to go to space was the 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 flying the X-Wings, the TIE Fighters, the space battles. So being able to kind of live that fantasy out, albeit in a basement, it, it was just a blast. I mean, like I said, I felt as if I was a part of the Rebel Alliance or an Imperial, and I was a, a key member of taking out the other side. Yeah, super special at the time. And even, like, if you think about it now, like, we've never really had a recreation of that. Like, no. flight simulators have kind of fallen out of favor recently. But I guarantee you, if you release, a like, a, an updated version of X-Wing TIE Fighter, people would jump on well, it. They'd Especially, go at least, at least people in my generation, they'd go absolutely nuts. Well, dude, like, if you do that now with, with a VR headset, like, if you oh, did Oculus on. Quest. Now you're getting my nipples hard. <laughs> like, quit teasing me like this. That that would be the perfect avenue for it. Like VR has made this huge surge in our culture now, and we we finally have a wireless headset coming out, uh, Oculus Quest. Like you put something like X Wing Tie Fighter that's on there. That's out, by like, the way. You know that's out with the first episode of Vader Immortal. Yeah, with Vader Immortal now. I, mean, I just you and I jumping right on top of it. If I had, uh, we're all over I, that type of stuff and the comics and new books. We got you yeah. covered. All things Star Wars time. <laughs> Look, if I had the greenbacks to yeah, I'll give us a the, pass on the on the the quest. But the fact the that we don't do shit with books or comics is pathetic. I'm try like I'm really <laughs> like I really I I'm very close to finishing my first Star Wars novel, and then once I finish it, I know it's just gonna cascade from there. I only got yeah, like 50, we got to get you an Audible account or something. I know, right? <laughs> I, I can't break myself of my sports talk habit. I mean, I'm I'm either Howard Stern or sports talk. I have no time to listen to books, so. But yeah, yeah I'm just playing around. I mean, we, we we do have a a few areas around the Star Wars time offices that we lack, and and the ones that require reading with your eyes and little words were really bad. And look, if we if we ever get to the point where we can do Star Wars time full time, which is a pipe dream, and. <laughs> 
it would be just the best thing. Yeah, well, we'd probably have to ever. go back on all my statements from the last cast if you listen, where I said we're never going to do Patreon and all that yeah, stuff. Know, like, you never we, know we, what's going to happen after I have a would, few Coors Lights. It would take a, a general miracle for us to be able to do this full time. But if we did, I guarantee you we would be doing every corner of the galaxy. We would be doing comics. We'd be doing novels. We'd be doing VR games, everything. So, yeah, so but just as Lucas it is film, now, if like, you need two assholes to work for you to just talk about dumb shit, let us know. Yeah, we're available. We're available. Um, all right. So let's move on to my number two. Yeah. My number two I I played this game so much. I loved it. It was the first time that I really, like, it's the first really kind of delve into the expanded universe that I took even before I started reading the books, and it's Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. So this is the this is the sequel to Jedi Outcast. Jedi Outcast was the first one where you played as um, uh, Kyle Katarn, and then Jedi Academy is the one where you play through as Jaden Core, who is a a student in Luke's Jedi, you know, training facility, and you and you basically um, uncover a a Sith plot with uh, with this Sith named Tavion, and you go on this this massive adventure throughout the galaxy, visiting tons of different planets, building up your Force abilities. But what I really enjoyed about it was one the combat at that time was so different than anything that I've played in a star Wars game. Like it was real action oriented combat. You're not talking about, you know, turn based or anything like that. Like you're actually swinging the lightsabers moving around in real time. The force powers were super cool. Like you use force lightning on somebody and their whole fucking body was just completely covered in force lightning. And just the story itself, I thought was really, was really fun. And like I said, it was my first taste of the expanded universe that really got me into um, the expanded universe in terms of, you know, things that actually happened after the movies that we had seen. So it really got me into, you know, the novels and everything like that that came after the, the movies. So just the gameplay of that, the, the story that was told and the fact that it really introduced me to this whole new section of Star Wars that I didn't know was out there. Like, I saw the end of Return of the Jedi, and I was like, okay, that's where Luke, Han, and Leia's story ends. And then I play Jedi Academy. I'm like, holy shit, like, Luke Skywalker's here. He has his own Jedi Academy. He's training, you know, a new generation of Jedi. And I was like, well, I want to learn more about this. And I, I, like, I dove right into the novels. So it was just... A fantastic game, a fantastic introduction to the EU, just all around. And a top-tier game for an, an Xbox, an original Xbox generation game. Like, this was not an oh, HD. Dude, this Jedi Knight, Jedi game. Academy, you could actually multiplayer up with yeah, Jedi. Um, and like, runner, like, all we used to do is dance for each other. <laughs> but there was multiplayer in that where you could bring your Jedi in. Yeah, I know. And just fight the, other people. The PC version, they like. I have it on PC now because obviously Steam sales. You get that shit all the time. Oh, well, I was looking right now. You can buy the Star Wars Jedi Knight Collection, which goes all the way back to Dark Forces. I mean, I I didn't include any of these because they are Dark Forces. Essentially, Star Wars Doom. Yeah. Right. And then you have Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces Two, Star Wars Jedi Knight Mysteries of the Sith, Star Wars Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast, and then Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. How much for the whole bundle, everybody? All those games, we think. 
Ten, ten bucks. Eight seventy-five. <laughs> Eight seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're like, look, if you people out there have, you don't even have to have a good PC at this point. You could literally have an off-the-shelf Dell laptop. You can oh, play yeah, those yeah. games. Yeah. You can play those games. And the last two will work on Mac as well. Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy. So the one Nick is talking about, and he's right. These games, I remember playing them. Uh, they're just they're fantastic because. Back in those days, the early 2000s, outside of the prequel, we didn't we didn't know if we were ever getting any Star Wars content. Uh, so as Nick was saying with the EU, I didn't care where it was coming from, what stories it was telling, as long as it was telling Star Wars, I was playing and I was enjoying. So I, yeah. I was also a big fan of those. All right, my number two is going to be a revisit of Nick's number five. So we're right back to Swigo, my friends, and you're probably saying, well, we've already heard... Uh, enough about this and you're probably right uh, just the reason it's my number two okay let's be real here is it a mind-blowing type of game no are you know are you going to get some insane star wars narratives told to you that that build out the lore of the franchise absolutely not what you will get is a game set in star wars that you can literally play every single day for zero dollars for up to two to three hours a day that's why it's number two i have never played another video game as much as i've played sugo over the past three years of my life i'm talking non-star wars games star wars games you name it no game has gotten the amount of time and attention out of me more than star wars galaxy of heroes that's why it's my number two. It earned the number two spot just, maybe you want to say it's through attrition. I don't know. It's, it's something that I think about every day. I have to play every day. I do play every day. I play it on the toilet. I play it in my bed. I play it outside. I play it on the couch. I play it at work. I play it while I'm working. I play it while I'm driving, which is stupid, and I'll probably die. <laughs> the point is, I can't stop playing Swigo. So that's why it's my number two. All the other things that Nick said, it's true as well. I mean, again, $0, upwards of two hours of gameplay a day. Uh, there's always something to do. There's always something to collect. There's always something to get better at. So, as I said, it is something that if you have a screen time app, it will always rank in your top two or three most used apps. It's addicting. It's well done. It gets new content. You could argue that things get a little chintzy these days with some of the, the meta going on. By meta, we mean the, the squads for the arena where you compete against other people's squads. It, Capital Games has kind of pretty much said if you don't have Jedi Knight Revan, Darth Revan, or Malak, you're pretty much not placing in the top 100. But whatever. It, it's free to play, people. I mean, they, they got to suck in the whale somehow to make money. So that's my number two. So go... I'm going to say it again. If you've never tried it, download it. Give it a go. It's free. The worst thing you're going to have to do is put your password in to download it. If you don't like it, delete it. You don't even have to look at it on your home screen. It also syncs across devices. So if you're on iOS, you can pick it up on the iPad and continue on the phone. It's fantastic. Yeah, well well worth the, the space on your phone. Let's put it that way. I mean... What are you what are you using that space for? Images, pictures, stuff right. like that. Something Delete stupid some on stuff. Snapchat or some yeah. piece of crap you want to throw up selfie on Instagram. No. I mean Nick Star and I have shown Wars. you what Instagram's good for. It's for finding awesome looking Star Wars art. 
It's very true. It's very it's about true. It's about it the these best days. I, I don't know what else Instagram is good for outside of maybe if you have kids sharing that for their grandparents. But yeah. Anyways, down to the number one. Ba-ba-da-da. Guess what? We're in line on number one. So it took us till number one, but we're in line on number one. So I'll go ahead and let Nick unveil it. The champion of Star Wars time show video game. The best Star Wars time video game for both of us is Knights of the Old Republic. Hands I mean, down. who are we kidding here? Hands down. It's it's not even close. I mean, the fact that this game has has had the the cultural impact that it has on the Star Wars universe just makes it by default one of the best games one ever made and two within the Star Wars universe. I mean, it tells you a story which we it does something that we thought was impossible. It takes Star Wars and it completely removes everything we ever knew about it. But right, it also outside, outside of the Force, Jedi, Sith, and lightsabers. Yeah, there's, there's all no, the characters are gone. We didn't know anybody. It's set thousand years prior to the Battle of Yavin or whatever. Ten thousand years, who knows? There's a whole there's a whole different world back then. I mean, it gave us a brand new take on Star Wars, and yeah. that that was risky in and of itself, right? It, just as you said. Back then in, in the early 2000s, I mean, what do you mean, Knights of the Old Republic? Give me my fucking Luke Skywalker, motherfucker. Yeah. Give me a prequel game. Nobody knew what the Old Republic was. They were like, what do you mean, Old Republic? Like, what's what's going on here? And then you, But then you get attached to these characters. You get attached to Bastilla Shan. You get intrigued by, like, what the hell is Malik doing as you're playing this game? And, like, how did he become this all-powerful Sith that's that's threatening to take over the well, whole galaxy. It's even that. It's just a mystery around your character. I mean, yeah. you, you can't tell me the first time you played that that you knew what was going on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, even now, like, I mentioned in previous casts that I was doing another playthrough of the game. Like, even now, like, I know who I am. Like, I know that I am, spoiler alert for a game that's fucking 20 years old, but, like, I know that I'm Darth Revan, but I'm still playing the game. I'm like, I can't, like, this is fantastic. Like, it sucks you in. And the way that it's built, like, sending you to these different planets to have you find these pieces of the star map and then, you know, revealing things about yourself the further you get in and then right. learning about each of your, your companions' backstory when you talk to Karth and Mission and Candorus and Bastilla and all of them, like... It's it was a Star Wars experience like we've never seen before in in a video game and it was really if you go back to that time period it's an experience like you like we've never seen in a video game period. I mean like, it, it it hasn't been replicated. Yeah, they, they, it really they, hasn't. I mean it it definitely hasn't been replicated in with the Star Wars license and it's it's fucking mind-boggling. Because this yeah. is another one where I, I promise you, 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 they could just be like, all right, we're going to throw it through a new engine and make it look like it was made in 2019, and people would spend $80 to play it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would. I would buy the super special edition that right. comes with the— I'm the, playing the, it right now on a fucking iPad. Yeah. I, I would still play it again if it was super up res, but the point is, is, like, why didn't anyone just look at this and do it again? As Nick said, there was nothing ever like it before in Star Wars video games. I mean, it's a full-on Star Wars RPG right down to nameless uh, main character. You got to decide what type of attributes and perks to give them. You got to decide what party to run. You got to decide what to look for, what quests to do. 
I mean, I'm not going to say it, it, it's open world because it's clearly not, but you could you could put a lot of input into your character and how the game played out. This was still back in a time where morality was brand new in video games. Now it's a dime a dozen. Are you going to be a bad guy or a good guy and watch how people react to you? This was all still brand new back then, and you could decide to pursue the dark side or the light. It had the lightsabers and dual lightsabers, bow staff lightsabers. It's just a peach of a game. I mean, it had everything you could want. It had great gameplay. But even even better, as Nick has said, the the narrative is honestly what what sucked me in and has made me a super fan. I mean that that whole story of living out this this amnesia dude's life and then fi- figuring out who he was the whole time and the impact on that and all the the moments you had. It's just like holy shit, I was him the whole time. What the fuck? That just adds a whole new light to this entire experience. And it really, it's never been replicated. Even even KOTOR 2 is a, a shell of what the original KOTOR was. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this was in the heyday of, of Bioware. Like, you can, you know, pre-recent Bioware, you could argue that Bioware was one of the best video game developers on the planet. And oh, this put that, the, This, to me, kind of made them mainstream- Mass Effect made them juggernauts. Yeah. And, and then, then yeah. they just pissed it all away. Yeah. I mean, they had... Once the doctors had, left the company, it's just done. Yeah. They had two franchises that were complete and utter... Completely different than each other in Dragon Age and Mass Effect. But then also complete owners of their respective like subgenres. And then they just lost it. Like you said, when when the... When the studio heads or the creators, the co-founders... It was literally it was two doctors. That's why it's called Bioware. It was literally two doctors that quit being doctors and started a video started game studio. video games. Yeah, so, I mean, this game, there's not enough good that can be said about it. And if you want to see the impact of this game and, and what it's still having on the Star Wars universe, just listen to our last podcast where we announced that a, you know... There is a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic movie being written right now by... Leda Calagritis, a writer for uh, who worked with Martin Scorsese on Shutter Island and has done a ton of great sci-fi yeah, work is since then. Is she a Star Wars fan? Is she a Star Wars fan? <laughs> Did she play Nice Little Republic? Is she writing every line from the movie, from the game down into her Is she script? really a man? Does she really understand the Force is the question. <laughs> So, but this game, yeah, this well, game Well, dude, I mean, the other game we fawned all over, I mean, look at its impact on Swago. I mean, pretty much now, yeah. if you don't have Old Republic people, you, you're you not doing shit. You can't compete. Like, I don't have Jedi Knight Revan or there's, Darth Revan. Yeah, there's three <laughs> prize characters, legendary characters, based on KOTOR. Yeah, and two of them are the same fucking character. And the only way to get the characters is to farm other KOTOR characters. Yeah, and that's another good thing about, about Galaxy of Heroes. It's like it make it forces you, you know, forces you, quote unquote, to build these Oh yeah, these man. Squads the next one get... is the clones. The clones are getting their rework. Oh yeah. They they oh, now man. that Padme's out there and they got Anakin reworked, GK that, Ahsoka, the clones are getting it next. So they're really going sense. for for the like a Grand Republic push now. Yeah, that makes sense. But so yeah, I mean, all of these games are fantastic. They're they're 
some of the best out there, but we know that there are some on our list that's, I mean, that are not on our list that you guys probably really enjoy. So if one of your favorite Star Wars games did not make our top five, our tough shit, top fives, suck it up. It probably wasn't that suck. good. The games are terrible. No, let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you. Yeah, or, or use tell your us how dumb medias. our list was, or at least how dumb my choice of the Masters of the Tarascasi was. Look, that's definitely a dumb choice, has. but that's kind of what I bring to this cast here. I am the dumb idiot, angry guy. Everybody has personal favorites, so can't <laughs> can't get too mad at Matt about that right. one. You know, oh, I, they will. I was... It's the internet, buddy. Trust, <laughs> trust me. You never know. It's true. You never know what people, how people will react on the internet. But hopefully, everyone enjoyed this little special topics cast. We try to do these once a week or when time permits, and uh, it was a fun one. So there's, there's uh, what eight or nine games to go through between the two lists. As Nick said, if you're listening, if you're a Steam player, there's a good chance you can get a bundle of these games for less than ten dollars. Uh, so keep your eye out because these are games that we do feel are worth exploring if you have the means to. Uh, Taras Kasi, good luck unless you have an old PS1 and can find the disc. Uh, the other ones, I believe, for the most part, outside of the Super Star Wars, you can probably find on, on PC or, or port somewhere. But as we do about this time, we're just going to ask you to please... As always, if you like what you hear, go to StarWarsTime.net and get yourself subscribed. You got uh, links to all the different platforms for the podcast as well as our YouTube page. That's all you need to know is StarWarsTime.net. You can get your access to all the show material, all the videos through that. All right, people? Until next time, which will be the proper Friday show, or as I like to call it, the Matt Shit Show. May the Force (laughs) be with you. Always. Always.